Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. With us today, we got a heck of a show for you today, and I'm glad that you are here. And if you're a coach, you really need to be here. But really, if you're just about anybody, uh, Shiraz Babu is with us, and he is a, a coach, and he actually coaches coaches let's see how can i say this he coaches coaches to be better coaches and yeah which is a wonderful op op a wonderful way of uh of of uh, of, of being and i was gonna say occupation that's what i was gonna say okay. it's, it's a wonderful thing for you to be able to do and if you want to go to his website you could go to shirazshifts.com that's s-h-i-r-a-z-s-h-i-f T.com and you can find out all yes. about him and his work. It's Shiraz Shifts with an S, as in Shiraz Shifts your reality, your perspective. Shiraz Shifts. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> so, so I, so single English is my second language, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, but it, it's, it's great fun to have you here because you're going to talk to us about actually shifting your reality and it it goes far beyond coaching it, yes. it, you can use it uh, in any of any of life's pursuits that you want to have would that be exactly. a fair to say, way to say it yep because i mean it's it's not just that it's beyond the coaching i've found over 90 percent of the stuff i deal with to help people make uh, make people be better coaches has nothing to do with their coaching practice. So <laughs> everything else leaks in and affects the practice. I can, I can only imagine. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, so how do you get, one of the things that you do is you help people shift their minds, shift their attitudes about certain things. How do you go about doing that? So through years of, actually, first of all, thank you, Kevin, for having me on. <laughs> welcome. I've already been going to the banter. I forgot to thank you for being here. <laughs> so. I'm I'm glad to have you because in this day and age, every one of us wants to do and have the life that we truly want to have, but we've got things that block our ability to get that done. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't even know what that is. And that's the biggest problem because you don't know what it is. And when I work with people, and I have a conversation with you, I can actually tell when your conscious beliefs match your unconscious beliefs. And that's fun. <laughs> I got a feeling like I'm going to be a guinea pig in this episode. I'm oh, done. we can make you a guinea pig if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, one of the things I like about doing this is I get to talk to some of the most incredible people and uh, I take advantage of that whenever I can. So, um, yeah, so... <laughs> But so when you talk about what you just said, uh, expound on that a little bit. So let's say, oof, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's funny. It's a, one weird little quirk about me is when energy shifts around me, I tend to yawn and cough. And, and it doesn't have to be just between you and me. It could be the people watching the show. I could go into reaction. I know it sounds a little weird and crazy, but people in the woo would get it. And so people just hearing what I said were going into reaction, and I was, I was going to start to cough there. So I know we're starting off weird, but this is just where we're starting off. Uh, being able to tell when people are telling, telling themselves the truth 
is a very, very cool skill to have. And I, and I call it a skill because it is teachable. I didn't used to be able to do it. I learned how to do it. I teach people how to do it. And so when someone comes to you, let's say a coach comes to me and says, I don't have enough clients. I'm like, okay, I need a lot more clients. I'm like, nope, that did not come up true. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? Of course I need clients. I'm like, no, the phrase I need clients is not coming up true for you. So part of you was thinking, I don't need clients or getting clients will be bad for me. So let's find out what that's all about. And then we start going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> that's 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 really interesting because see um and i don't call it woo woo mm -hmm. because i think it's just energy it is yeah. and you you're able to tap into an energy that you've learned over time how to do and it's just kind of it's like everything else it's like a muscle it you, is. you exercise it and so you you can use it that way so so you're basically a a human lie detector pretty much that's a, that's a pretty, I don't know how good a skill that is to have. It makes for interesting conversations. Oh, it sure does. In a session, it's great. When I'm just out and socializing, it can be interesting. I remember being out and, and chatting with, with someone and he was talking about his band. And he said, oh, you know, we've got a lot of gigs here in, in Toronto where I am. And I'm really enjoying it. I love the, the reactions from the crowd. I love sharing my, my original music. And, uh, but we're going to start a road tour soon and I can't wait to get my music out to the rest of the world. And I just watched his energy drop, even though he was like, I can't wait. His energy just went. Poof. And as he kept talking, little things from me said, clues he said from words and phrases, I realized he's so scared that once he goes out of the comfort zone of Toronto, where he knows everyone likes him, people might say, oh, his music's not that good. Right. Uh, I don't I don't like it. I don't like the way the band performs. And he was afraid of all that judgment. And so even though he talked about getting on bigger stages and more exposure, his whole body was saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that can affect the energy around him and other people as well. Yeah. That's, that is amazing. Now, when you see energy, well, let me ask you, do you see energy or is it um, a feeling that you get or is it an emotional attachment that you have? How does it work for you? It's everything. Um, and this is one thing I learned a while ago because you hear about people and they they see it or they feel it or they talk about how they do it. And for a while, I was trying to perceive all this based on what other people were saying. And after a while, I said, you know what? No, however it wants to show up, let it show up for me. And it turns out it shows up for me in every way possible based on who I'm interacting with. Oh, that. <laughs> That's that's, that's got to be kind of intimidating for somebody that is like uh, a narcissist or uh, an incessant liar or somebody like that because because you call them out on it all the time. Yeah, but it, it also makes for some interesting things because like there was one one client I have that when she's not in her truth or when something comes up that internally she doesn't want to deal with, she can taste it. She can physically taste the ickiness of that limiting belief or horrible past experience or whatever it is. And because I'm so in sync with her, we'll be working together. And it's especially amusing in a group that I say something and then we both go, oh, at the same time, right? 
that that is that is funny um, and but it's it's true how did, how did you decide that you wanted to get into this and learn all about it so that you could use it to practice it so my my journey started when i got rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 22 oh that's terrible it was terrible right i mean i was a bodybuilder i was studying to be a doctor so i had like that ideal life ahead of me and then within months, I was in pain in every single joint in my body, like every joint. And there were mornings where I would, I would be trying to walk, but the cartilage had deteriorated between my uh, legs and my ankles, and I could feel the bones grinding against each other. Oh. Yeah. And there were evenings where I sipped my dinner through a straw because my jaw was so swollen and painful, I couldn't move it. So I was just trying to get nutrients in me any way I could. So this became my life. Oh man, you were sick. I mean, that's, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, and a lot, some people may not relate to that, that kind of pain, but I think most people can relate to the, I've got the plan. I've got my whole life set. And then out of nowhere, bam, <laughs> it's gone. And you're just left scrambling, trying to figure out what to do with your life, what you're supposed to do now why this happened to you. I mean, I was like, what did I do to deserve this? I must've done something or this horrible thing wouldn't happen to me. And, and, th but that's what you tell yourself. And you go into the self blame, you go into um, pity for yourself and all these emotions come up. But eventually I, I managed to get back into the swing and start to create a life with the arthritis as just part of what was going on. And uh, arthritics build up a pain tolerance fairly quickly. But the interesting is thing is it still um, takes a lot of effort. It'll take anywhere from two to 10 times as much energy for an arthritic to do the same thing a normal person can do. Yep. Right. I know. I've got it too. Okay. <laughs> and so this is, this is my life. I, I went back to work. Um, I, was, I decided to switch majors. I became a, a software designer and program. Pro uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> Programmer? I'm having problems with words just like you today. This is interesting. <laughs> That's because there's so much energy flowing. <laughs> so yeah, I became a project manager and you know I'd go to day to work every day in pain, but able to hold myself and people didn't realize how much pain I was in, but I made my life work. And and I in the meantime, I was trying everything. I was trying medication, I was trying supplements and diets, I was trying uh acupuncture, yoga, magnets I tried. If someone said, here's the, the newest concoction that's out there that's made my arthritis go away, I'd try that. And and nothing worked. Well, actually, everything worked for a little while, and then it just stopped. It's like my body built up an immunity to any solution that I could come up with. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was almost 20 years later that I finally met the guy that just redefined reality for me. I had, so you lived with the rheumatoid arthritis for 20 years. Almost, yeah. That would be horrible. I mean, because like I've had both my hips replaced, and I swear to you, if I lived in 100 years ago before they had the ability to replace hips, I'd be dead now. Yeah. Because you, you can't do anything yeah. if it's bone on bone and, and, and or your knees and all of that. So, so and, and then people say, well, you know, why don't you just get out and walk? It's like, sure, <laughs> that's a good idea. And, and it was funny because I, I did get out and walk, but by the time I was in my late 20s, I was doing that little old man shuffle where you're hunched over 
and just moving along and, and you know and you're getting passed by people that are older like that are like 60 and 70 and you're like what the hell man <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be awful that'd be awful why and so tell us about the guy who who changed your life so because i was i had flown to india I expected this guy to do some sort of energy healing Reiki kind of like, we're just going to heal your body. Shred. Like that's, that's really what I expected. But this guy just sits me down and talks to me for about two weeks. And it's like being with a psychiatrist. He's asking me all these questions, but he's not trying to solve anything. He's just gathering all the information about what happened in my life. And at the end of the two weeks, he says, Shiraz, you believe you're responsible for everyone in your life. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> That's crazy. And he said, I know you don't think that, but from everything you've told me, you've created a belief that you need to be responsible for everyone. And it started when you were eight years old. So I said, okay, I know I'm a responsible person. I don't think I'm responsible for everyone. And even if I was, what does this have to do with arthritis? And he said, well, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, and he said, if you're lying in bed in pain, you don't have to be responsible for anyone. And you don't have to feel guilty about it. If people can see you're struggling just to get through your day, no one's going to ask you to take care of them. It's the solution for a problem you don't realize you have. That's pretty brilliant because there are a lot of people that would like to, I don't want to do this. So I'll just lie in bed and pretend I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Some people will do that and pretend they can't do it, but some people will proactively create an illness or a situation so they don't have to do it. So they don't have to feel guilty. Most of the illnesses in the world are solutions to problems people don't realize they have. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And and you, and so you dealt with that. And did that help you? So I like I said to him, so wait a sec. If what you're saying is true, all I have to do is say, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. And I shouldn't have arthritis. It'll just go away. And he just looked at me straight face. He goes, yeah. If you believe it re deep down inside that you don't need to be responsible, then you don't need the arthritis. So I just gathered my will in that moment. And I said, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. And you know what happened? No. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but, dang, but I, was, I was thinking there's going to be a miracle here. It's going to be a miracle. No, no, there wasn't. But the next morning I woke up, no pain, no inflammation, more mobility. I could even breathe better. It was really weird feeling breathing being much easier for myself because I didn't realize how much I was struggling till it was gone. And so I'm freaking out. Right? I'm just like, I'm needlessly so I can understand why. Yeah. And I'm checking my body out and I'm like, what is going on now? The damage from the arthritis was still there. Yeah. And I've been working to repair the damage and that's been coming along. And like my wrist used to be frozen and now I'm getting movement coming back and stuff. So, uh, and, and this is a really important lesson for people because sometimes you get miracles and sometimes you get journey. The release of the arthritis was a miracle. The repairing of my body is, is a journey. But if you're not willing to have the journey, you don't get the miracles. And I see a lot of people are just looking for a miracle. I just need the miracle. I just want the miracles. doesn't work that way. So now here's, here's the fun part. 
there was a track at the place we were staying. And I was out on that track and I was passing everyone that day. <laughs> I was just, there we go, man. <laughs> this is happening. It had to be really, really freeing because I know what it's like. It's been it's been years since I've been able because of my hips and my back and all that. I haven't been able to run or sprint mm -hmm. um, and since I for you know a while. But it must be freeing to be able to do something like that that you weren't able to do, and now you can do it. It's got to be a real motivating factor for you oh, to do more. It's incredible because now I can run. I can sprint. The cartilage is regrown. Everything is being repaired in my body, and it's it's amazing, right? But the, the lesson I took away from this is, and, and the, through further research, I found out that your brain prioritizes the avoidance of emotional distress over physical circumstances. It does not give a crap about any of your physical circumstances, just the emotions you experience. All right. It's arthritis is better than guilt. Oh man, that's, that is really interesting. Yeah. And, and so you've learned that now, are you helping people and, and work at using those techniques to yeah. help people and heal people? So it's, I, I do, I do have healings occurring with people, but I'm working more with like with coaches, helping them with their business, helping them with their life. And we do get healings occurring as a result of that. Uh, because like one, one person I was working with, she had fibromyalgia and She'd been suffering it for, for years. And as I talked to her, I said, oh, quit your job. She's like, what? <laughs> I said, quit your job. She goes, I can't quit my job. I said, why can't you quit your job? I've been working for there for years. I've got a pension there. I'll lose my pension. It's the only thing I need. I know how to do. And I said, do you love your job? She goes, I hate my job. <laughs> and I said, your body has come up with a way to keep you at a minimal amount of hours at your job. And it's called fibromyalgia. And eventually I got her to quit her job. And two days later, the fibromyalgia was gone. It's amazing what the mind is capable of. Yeah. So, and this is what happens with every situation. Now, and it's not just like we're talking about body, but like I said, with uh, if I say, um, what's the problem? They say, I need more clients. No, you don't want more clients. Why don't I want more clients? For instance, uh, one client I was working with, she could never get more than four clients a month. She does one-on-one -on -one coaching. I think it's like $2,000. So she's still making a decent living at 2,000 times four each month. But she wanted six or seven. That would be her sweet spot where she's helping more people. She's got a nice income and everything's just flowing in her life. Never more than four people. And when we looked at what was going on, it turns out that she had this, this unconscious uh, belief that if she goes past four, it's not going to be five or six or seven. It's going to be 15 or 30 or 40. <laughs> and that's just too many. That would be completely overwhelming for one-on-one -on -one coaching. She's making up a story that doesn't even exist yet. But that's the thing. You're avoiding the possibility of the emotional distress, not the emotional distress. And, and people might say, well, she doesn't have to say yes to all these clients. No, she was a grief and trauma counselor. If she says yes to someone coming to her to help against trauma, she'd feel like absolute crap. There would be so much shame. And her mind says, okay, after four, your choices are overwhelm or shame. Take your pick. <laughs> and and how is she doing now? Does she have? By the time, well, after we got her 
to realize what was going on and shift her beliefs. By that afternoon of that session, she was five clients. By the next week, she was at six clients. And now she consistently gets six or seven clients every single month. Which gives her a nice income, makes her happy, and yep. she's not overwhelmed. And she's not overwhelmed. And if she gets more than that, she just sends them to uh, any of her colleagues and she can get an affiliate fee. <laughs> right? so, so she win-win. Win-win-win. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 really cool. So um, if, some, if someone comes, somebody comes to you, um, how does the process work? So we, we look at what is the, I like to start with what's the biggest issue you have. And we, and I start talking to you and find out where the initial blocks are. And when we start shifting the blocks and, and it's just bringing up the awareness and asking, are you, are you ready to let go of that story? Right. Are you willing to step out of the story you've been in for years? And, and this is the thing. And I say it that way. Are you willing to step out of that story? Because the one thing I want to be clear with the people I work with is I'm getting you to the problem. You're the one stepping out of the problem. I'm not here to save you. I'm here to guide you so you can save yourself. I get it. Okay. And at the same time, you know when someone's being less than truthful with you. Yes. yes. And even when they say, yes, I'm willing to step out of the problem, I can tell when it's real or it's not real. And I'll say, no, you're not, not ready. So let's let's look at what else is in there. <laughs> and, so... <laughs> and I recall that when we talked the first time, Mm -hmm. that you kind of went down that road with me just a little bit didn't go very far yeah. but went down just and it was one of those things where i was like no i don't think so but but it was but it was a, a real deal um so mm -hmm. let's 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 play a little game you and i by the way first of all if you want to find out more about uh Cherie's babu that's right right Cherie's shiraz like the wine Shiraz Babu, you can go to his website, which is uh, ShirazShifts.com, and that's with an S at the end, and, and you can find out more about him. Your work is fascinating. Do you find yourself fascinated by it? Are you amazed by it? Every now and then. Every now and then. Uh, yesterday, I was in a summit, and we had these seven-minute breakout sessions where we're supposed to teach a lesson in seven minutes. and. I was able to do the explanation, which took like two minutes, um, do a session and then do a wrap up conversation, which was like a, another one or two minutes. So I was causing people to shift their reality in like three minutes and less. And the group was sitting there going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, do you get a lot of people that go, what's this energy stuff? Is it, is it, I can't believe that you're doing all that stuff, whatever it is. No. And here's, here's the other thing. This is the, the, the cool thing because you attract into your reality what your stories are all about. And when I started doing this, I was nervous about it and I thought, okay, what are people going to think? And so the people that started showing up going, oh, it's this energy stuff. Like, what is this? Does it really work? One of my friends called me an unlicensed psychiatrist. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of interesting. But when, when I made the shift and said, okay, first of all, I'm not going to react. They're going to think what they're going to think. So I'm just not going to let it affect me. Then it started to slow down. And then when it, when I, I, I really just didn't really care about it, the people I meet all go, wow, that's really cool. So those people that are out there that are going to say, well, that's all crap. They just don't show up in my world. Isn't now that, that is something that you can teach anybody to do. Yes. And, and because a lot of times we get, we keep getting, 
hit with the same thing over and over and again and expect a different result. And this time it's going to be different and that kind of stuff. Let me give you an, an example uh, in, from my own life. I have always, I've been doing this a while. I did it in 2003 uh, and for a year, and then I had to give it up for a while. And I've always wanted to have a co-host. I always wanted, you know, to have somebody to banter back and forth with. It's never worked out because we've never had, we've never vibrated at the same level for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it never, it, 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 and to this day, it still has never worked out. Um, why is that? Do you want a co-host? <laughs> no okay <laughs> so that no that actually did not come up true so you do want a co-host will any co-host be good enough yes okay that's not quite true there's a pushback on that oh so if you believe that no co-host is going to be good enough you're only going to interview co-hosts that aren't good enough <laughs> right <laughs> Oh no. That's, that's the way it works, right? Because that's the way your beliefs are going. And the cool thing is when you keep interviewing co-hosts and they're not good enough, you get to be right about your story that the other co-hosts aren't going to be good enough. People love being right. You get a dopamine hit from being right. And then you get in a dopamine addiction to finding bad co-hosts. Well, not so, necessarily bad co-hosts, but out of alignment co-hosts for you. So if I were to shift my thinking into I'm looking for the absolute best co-host that I can have. I guess one of my fears would be that they'd be better than me. Yeah, that just came up when you were saying that. I could feel that. <laughs> so <laughs> I was about to say it and you said it first. <laughs> so, so, so what I'm actually looking for then is somebody that is good but not great. Because no, then- no what you want is to not fear your co-host being better than you, uh, right? Because that's the fear of embarrassment or shame or n- not enoughness. And that's all emotional stuff. And your brain prioritizes the avoidance of those emotional feelings over the physical circumstances, which is why you don't get a co- co-host. Now, if you have an amazing co-host, uh, and this is the thing, when you're willing to have a co-host that is way better than you, then you tend to get the co-host that matches you perfectly because there's no resistance. I don't care if he's better. I don't care if he's worse. I just looking for a really great time of the show when there's no resistance, everything shows up and usually the best thing for you shows up. But as long as there's resistance, as long as he's not better than me or she's not better than me, as long, as long as, you know, everyone's like, it's Kevin's show, but that's the sidekick or whatever it is, then, then that's resistance to getting what you want. Right. This And this is a big thing with people with money. It's like people want money as long as people don't come asking me for it, as long as it doesn't change who I am, as long as I don't have to pay more taxes. Like, And that's all saying, I don't want money. I don't want money. I don't want money. And so they don't get money. And so they don't get money. <clears throat> I got a question for you. Okay. And when, by, the, by the way, that, that is very, very true because my first reaction about, about uh, having a really really good co-host mm-hmm. is that i don't want them to overshadow me mm-hmm. or or and you know what i mean and and yep. so it makes it so how do i so i i can eliminate that by just well tell me how can i eliminate that so you've got to look at it this way this is where your life is right now this is where you want to be all the wonderful things the best possible life this is the horrible things so where i am now awesome co-host co-host that overshadows me Okay. 
what however much was like we think that okay i'm willing to go all the way here but i'm only willing to go a little bit this way right so that this is the kind of life i'm, I'm willing to create but everything works on resistance so however much you're resisting this way you're actually resisting this way the exact same amount oh wow so when you're willing to have a co-host that completely overshadows you this opens up and the cool thing is when you've opened this up in this complete willingness you tend to only get this stuff but you can't trick it you can't say okay i'm willing and then expect that to show up you have to truly be willing for all possibilities show up and then the best possibilities tend to show up that that is that is amazing that that is amazing now this uh, this actually works with like your your work and what you do works with like the law of attraction and mm-hmm. and a bunch and and a bunch of other stuff and so i have a real quick question another quick question for you and which is that when i was doing the show in 2003 i was trying really hard to manifest money because i needed the money to do the show because it was costing me you know like two grand a week to do the show Mm -hmm. and uh and but it never showed up and it never showed up and so i ended up having to go away from the show and do some other stuff until i was able to come back but then this year right now when i right when i turned 65 I found a pension found me that I had no idea that was even out there. Mm-hmm. That was 20 years old. Yeah. How hard it, were you trying to make money for the show this year? I'm not. That's the point. <laughs> trying really hard is actually creating resistance. Isn't that, that's just because see I'm set up now because of where I live and the, 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 the money that I have that's on ongoing, I don't need to generate any money for this show. Yeah, need energy is resistance. And this is why it gets so hard for people because I don't have money, I need money, I've got to find a way to make money. All of that is resistance. And it goes against what we've been taught in that, well, I don't have any money, so I should just relax and not worry. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean you don't do anything, you still take action, but you can take that action without worrying or with worrying, and most people do it with worrying, which gives them less, less, smaller results. You can still get results, but you'll get them way better when you're more relaxed, when you're in a happier zone, rather than when you're worried, frustrated, or or terrified. See, and that's in 2003. That was the driving force behind everything because I needed to, I needed to make a certain amount of money in order to make it pay, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't happening, <clears throat> and so I ended up having to give it up. But 20 years later, it's just manifested, and it's just it's just there. It's just easy. Yeah, I I went through a similar thing in that um, there was a period in my life where I went from making, (laughs) this was the funniest thing because I'm trying to use this law of attraction stuff. I'm still trying to figure it all out. And I'm like, I've been doing six figures for years, but I looked at all this law of attraction stuff and I'd watched the secret at that time and I was all hyped up on it. I'm like, I can go to seven figures from six figures if I just use this stuff. So I started applying the techniques and I went from six figures to zero figures. (laughs) (laughs) for two years i made zero income not even a little bit two two years zero income with the thought that i'm still going to break through this and make at least figures six figures if not seven and so i kept spending like i was making six figures (laughs) (laughs) so imagine that bank account just going (laughs) okay and so eventually it got to a point where I was paying one credit card off with the other credit card. Okay. And, and I got there, done yeah, it. And I got to the point where I finally made that last payment so that there was no room on either credit card. 
And I was panicked. I was worried. What am I going to do now? At that point, I'd been couch surfing from with family members because I had no place to live. I was about $80,000 in debt. And at something just in, inside me just said, stop worrying and just let go. And that doesn't mean just give up. It means keep doing what you're doing, but just let go of all this worry, let go of all the frustration and the fear. And I said, you know, nothing else has worked. And 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 some of those lessons were in the, the secret and stuff, but you can't see them when you're in the middle of all this crap. But something just told me, just let it go. And two days later, I got a job for $90,000 a year. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And it just showed up. It just showed up out of the blue. I didn't even, like, I didn't even apply for it. Someone said, hey, there's this job. I think you'd be perfect for it. Why don't you go check it out? And I just got it. <laughs> right. Did did at that point did you did you say this is really weird but it works? Yeah, that's when I really got it. And that's when I started just not worrying and not panicking and going with things. And one of the stories cuz all your stories once you once you lock them in and then you just think this is just what happens to me. One of the stories I locked in was if if ever I'm low on money, some something will happen. This is hitting some people in the audience. <laughs> Whenever I'm low on money, something will happen to cause money to show up. I don't know what, but something will happen to cause money to show up. And what was really interesting is a couple of years ago, um, like right in the middle of COVID, I had this, this $3,000 unexpected bill come up. And I'm like, 3000 Oh, my God. What the hell? And there was that momentary panic. And I'm like, wait, what's the story? Something will come up to take care of this. I don't know what it is, but something will come up. And... A few days later, one of my clients called me and said, I want to take your energetic magic class. And I'm like, and I was looking at it, it's December. And she's like, yeah, so? I said, people don't come to the classes at the end of December. They're spending all their money on Christmas presents. And she's like, but it's COVID. I've got nothing to do. I'm bored. I want to take your class. And I said, okay, I'll put it out there. I'll post that the class is happening, but I need at least one other person in the class because you have to work together to learn the techniques. And if one person shows up, we'll do the class. If not, then I'm going to have to, I'm just going to cancel it. And she's like, okay, I got nothing to lose. I'm not doing anything anyway. <laughs> and it's a $500 class. 10 people signed up. <laughs> a week before Christmas, 10 people signed up for that class. Because you didn't put any limitations on it and yep. you just put it out there and let it be. Yeah. That's, that's, that is so interesting. And my experience this time doing the radio show and the podcast and everything I'm doing is so different than it was the last time, because I'm not afraid. It's yeah. not, I'm, I'm not seeking to, to make, and, and money, honestly, it just, it just does show up. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's, and I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful to make this, this podcast and the radio show and everything I'm doing work really well so that I can pay the team around me and, uh, and do what I need to do. Am I lying to you now? A little bit actually. Yeah. Okay. What am I lying about? Okay. So before we go there, I want to clear the other thing because we just like sort of skip by that. Are you willing to step out of the story that you have to make sure your co-host never overshadows you? Yes. <laughs>
Ooh, there's some energy on that one. Okay. Are you all right? Yeah. No, I, I do this all the time. It was just, uh, yeah. It was just, it just, we, we did the clear and then it was just a whole bunch more that when I'm yawning, it's just still continuing. The energy's moving. And I can feel it hit some of the people in the audience too. They've had issues with partners being overshadowed by partners. So it, anyone that says yes, when I, when I put the clearing, it hits them because you're the one doing it. I'm just the guide. Right. So oh, way cool. Yeah. So here's the thing with employees. Are you responsible for all your employees? No. See, that's not coming up true. And okay. This, <laughs> okay. And this is, this is the thing with a lot of business owners. And this is what stops a lot of entrepreneurs by from getting in employees because they think they're now responsible for the employees. You're responsible for providing a healthy work environment in which they can thrive. If they choose not to, that's on them. That's not on you. You are not responsible for them. But if you think you're responsible for every one of your employees, then every employee you add becomes a burden to you. And you'll and every person has a maximum of that burden that they can. So that's as big as their their business can grow. So right. when you're when you're willing to to create the environment for the for the employees to pay the employees and to do everything without being responsible for them that's when you can cause all that expansion so are you willing to destroy your belief that you have to be responsible for every one of your employees yes I have, I have one of one of my employees in the Philippines. She's she's really nice, and I she's so worried. I, I can tell every now and then she's so worried about keeping her job and and screwing up and doing whatever. And last year, um, she sends she she says I need to have a meeting with you. And I'm like okay, and she said I I want you to know that for the next few weeks, things are going to be uh, a little slow on my part for responding to you. And I'm like why is that? She goes because I'm going into have to give birth in about a week. And I'm like, you've been working pregnant. <laughs> and, and I said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. She goes, I'm, I, what? And I said, you're taking the next month off <laughs> with pay. <laughs> and then we're going to make sure your workload isn't that, that heavy afterwards. And so we've, I've made sure she was, it's light until she's had a handle on the baby. And then we can go back to the regular stuff. But she was just like, like freaking out going, wait, what? <laughs> and then I sent her extra money as a baby bonus. And, and I'm like, but it wasn't out of responsibility for her. It was just, I'd love to do this for her. That And that's, that's how I feel about the folks that I have surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the company to be a success so that I can pay them what I would love to be able to pay them. Mm-hmm. Does that ring true? That is true. <laughs> But the whole thing is you're saying it now from a place of this would be a wonderful possibility rather than I have the responsibility to make sure they get paid that much, which is a heavy energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm, I, I can't, I can't, and, and you're right. I can't, I can't, uh, um, I can't command other people to do stuff, but I really want to provide an environment to where they can thrive as a human being and really do well and feel good about themselves and the life that they have and 
we all work together for the betterment of of everybody involved. Mm-hmm. That's and that's re- that really is what I would like to create. Yeah, and that's and that's a wonderful way to go about it. One of the things that you know I grew up with, and this is this is where the arthritis came from as well. Uh, and it seems like it's noble, and it seems like what you should do, and the belief you should have is from Spider Man: "With great power comes great responsibility." Well, if great responsibility is a burden and crippling literally crippling for me well no right but with great power comes great choice yes right yes it does yes it does you you i I have to tell you you're brilliant but you know that (laughs) i am and i'm not that's the funny part of it uh because a lot of times when i'm working because i'm just connected i'm just getting the information and there, there's been times where I've given a lecture and, and someone comes up to me afterwards and said, could you repeat what you said about this thing? Because it was absolutely brilliant. And I'm like, I said, what? <laughs> and then they they figure it out and they'd say it. I'm like, wow, that is brilliant. Yeah, I didn't say that. No, you were up there. I said, yeah, I know I said it, but I didn't say that. That was just information coming out. It just came through you. Yeah. And so you you feel you're connected to the other side, to the source, to your guides, whoever whoever the entities and the thoughts and the energy may be, you're connected mm-hmm. to all these folks. Well, everyone is. I know, but they don't <laughs> believe it. So how can we get every and here? How can we get everybody to believe that they're all connected, and that we're all one, and that we can all work together, and we can all have a, a terrific life together if we choose to? Well, I mean, you have to get through each individual's defenses of what reality is and that's that's the problem because i remember talking about this and one one of my friends said given what you can do you could just go over to the middle east and co- create world peace and i said yeah he said are you being serious i said but they have to want it <laughs> so they, right? have to, they have to believe that it's possible yeah and it means shattering belief systems and especially religious belief systems and and most people aren't willing to go there but I had to go there for my own well-being. And then once I got there and I started creating things and I started seeing magic show up in my life, I'm like, oh, no, no, this absolutely works. Right? <laughs> One time we were going out to a party and we they didn't get tickets. They said, let's go to this, this party. And, and we get there and there's a lineup that's 100 meters long for ticket holders. And then there's a short one for the people with tickets. And so we get into the the, the the one for people without tickets and sorry, the people without, without tickets and we're, we're waiting and we're waiting and I'm seeing how slowly we're, we're moving. And I did the math and I said, we're going to get in there around midnight. It's 7 PM. We're going to get in there around midnight. And they're like, well, Shiraz, you're magic. Why don't you just magic us in? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> so, they, so they said, so what do we do? I said, we head over here. Why? I don't know. I'm being told, let's head over here. I'm now connected. Let's just do this. And so we walked right by the whole ticket, wait, waiting for ticket line. We go, we start walking by the ticket holders line and they look at me and go, we don't have tickets. We can't get in the ticket holders line. I said, I'm not saying we're getting the ticket holders line. I'm being told to walk by the ticket holders line. And as we're continuing to walk one, one girl there, she goes, no, I, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to do this. Let's just go do something else. And so then her boyfriend says, are you sure? And she says, yeah. He goes, anyone want some tickets for tonight? And I'm like, I'll take those. Thank you. Got in line. Ten minutes later, we're in. (laughs) And some people would say, my, what a coincidence. Yeah. But that had nothing to do with it. It happens so often 
that it can't be coincidence. And everyone has experienced this. How many times have you thought about someone and they call? <laughs> right? Yep. You're connected. It happens too often for it to be coincidence. It's a, a remarkable. It's it's really is a and it's a cool concept if you understand it. Mm -hmm. But you, now, do you feel do you have to look for stuff? Do you have to look for connections and stuff, or does it just kind of now your your muscle is very well developed, so it just comes to you, right? No, I mean you have you have to set the intention of this is what I want, right? But once you set that out and then just start taking action, all these things just to start to show up on the side that you wouldn't expect. Like tomorrow I'm leaving for Vegas for this event. And so, sometimes they're big and sometimes they're small, but I just got a, a call from someone today and they said, oh, you know what? We can't actually go and we've prepaid for our room at the hotel that we're all staying at. And I'm like, okay, what's this got to do with me? I said, well, it's at a lower rate than yours and we can't pay. So can you just pay us less than you would have paid the hotel and take our room? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's an easy deal. Yeah. So I saved like a hundred bucks for just sitting around taking a call. So, so now are you going to Vegas? I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. Red 32. <laughs> Always bet on black. <laughs> uh, but 32 doesn't come in black. It's red 32. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always try and get people to that they go to Vegas that they so just put a chip on red 32 and see what right. happens. If I'm by a roulette wheel, I will put a chip on red 32. You're one of the few people that actually get that reference. So you must have been in a in a uh, casino before. Uh, yeah, I've been in multiple casinos. The, the crazy thing with casinos and me is I walk in with as much money as I walk out with. Right. And it's it's crazy because I'll win and I'll win and I'll win and then I'll lose and I'll lose and I'll lose, but I'll never lose more. It just I end up going, oh, I'm back where I started. <laughs> and then I walk out. And th that's the best way to play. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. And rather than lose, I see, I don't gamble because I I, I lose. Now, maybe that is a self-limiting belief all by itself. Would that be true? Yes, absolutely. Just like my my story is a limiting belief because I always break even rather than win. But I don't mind that one because I'm not a big gambler. I don't care. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so if somebody wants to contact you and work with you, how do they get that done? ShirazShifts.com. You can co contact me, set up an appointment. We can discuss what the biggest issue that's holding you back in and how you can deal with it. And when somebody works with you or you work, when you work with somebody, <laughs> is it multiple sessions? Is it 90 minute sessions? How does it work? So here's here's the thing. <laughs> so it takes the average person six months of continuous work to completely shift their reality, even if they see results the first day, because you're addicted to your current reality. And even though you might have changes, you will go into withdrawal and pull yourself back. If you've ever been to a workshop, gone through a program and come out of it and everything changed and things were going really well, and then you lost it. Yes, sir. That was the addiction pulling you back. And it doesn't feel like that's what's going on. It feels like, oh, well, this just happened and this was happening and it's circumstances. But it's actually you creating everything and using that withdrawal to pull yourself back to your original state. So when people work with me, often they start to feel different within the first session. They start to see changes within a few sessions, if not that first session. But we have to keep working until it's stable and it's and it's not going to go away. And so I have Person, a personal transformation program where I work with you until whatever we decide we're going to work on has changed. 
I don't say we work on everything because then I'll work with you for the rest of your life because you've got a lifetime of crap in you. But we pick that biggest thing <laughs> and we work for it with it till it's gone. Uh, but I also have a monthly program where it's a group program. And each month we work on different themes and just pull that out for the whole group. And the cool thing is someone else in the group will say, I got this going on. You're like, oh my God, I totally have that going on. I didn't know it till you said it. But then the, it gets cleared for the whole group. And that becomes a community of like-minded people that can, have you found that, that when a group of people get together like that, that the change that they can create is enormous? It's, it's amazing. And the whole thing about that group is I always tell people, if you want to be in this group, this group is about growth and change and, and higher ambitions. If you want to come into this group to be saved from your current life, you will not get in this group. I don't want that energy. I don't want that attitude in there. So Sorry. that's, yeah, those are the people in the group. So if you want to be surrounded by those people that are striving for better lives and creating them, then come on in the group. But don't belabor what you're doing now and and try and get out of what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, be willing to open yourself up and to change. Yep. That's, that's, that's really cool. And, and because you are a uh, truth teller and a, um, um, you can tell when somebody's lying, um, it would be, you'd be a marvelous facilitator. I hope so. Yeah. It's been good so far. <laughs> so. Very good. So if they go to your website and I'm looking, um, I'm looking here at it and, uh, um, you also do hypnotherapy. Is that right? No, no, no. What's what is that I'm seeing on your website? Uh, oh, I worked with a hypnotherapist. I was a testimonial. Oh, very nice. Yes, he worked on my fear of success, which was blocking me from getting more clients. Oh, this is the guy you were talking about. Um, uh, no, that's a different one. There, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> and and because they were scared of getting too busy, or. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fear of success. Actually, for that particular one, it was I'll get I'll become successful. A lot of people will see me. They're all going to judge me. I'm going to have to deal with all that judgment. But that only comes if I'm with with success. So it's better not to get the clients and not to do well and stay small and invisible. Uh, yeah. I got one for you. Mm -hmm. I want to be a nationally no. known talk. It's already gone down. I don't know what you're about to say, but it's already dropped. Okay. <laughs> I want to be, <laughs> I, I, I want to be a anonymous uh, radio host that gets lots of uh, people. That came up true. Anonymous came up true. I, well, I can, I can absolutely believe that. that why do you think I do, would do radio? Okay. Because would you like to be a nationally recognized radio host? I would love to be a nationally recognized radio host because I can help more people. Okay. I can... That's not coming up true. So there's the thing about being put in the spotlight that's holding you back. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not that pretty. <laughs> you can just say it was radio. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, but um, even, even in radio, you know, I don't know, but uh, okay. But here's the thing, Kevin. Number one, you're pretty. <laughs> okay. Gee, number, number two, if you're worried about how people are going to perceive you from how you look, or you're worried about judgment, either how you look or how you show up, you're going to make sure you stay small and invisible. 
and and invisible is relative because you've got this people are seeing you but it's not the national and millions of people tuning in at least, at least i don't know i don't know exactly how many people watch them i know it's 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 good but it feels like it's not where you exactly you you think you want to be yet so you you have to here's and here's the thing it's just like with the with the co-host that were shouting you you have to be willing for people to hate your guts as your as your success grows as well as love you right and most people don't want that oh that's a tough one right but i i look at it in terms of percentages if for every thousand people i impact and and change their lives and and help one person hates my guts and wants me to die and just thinks Shiraz is the worst person ever, then I want a thousand people wanting me to die and hating my guts because that means a million people are benefiting from what I do. Right? Oh, that, there you are. That's it, right? But most people go by, okay, I can have one or two, but I can't get to 10 or, and I don't look at it in terms of numbers. I took it, I look at it in percentage. I make sure I'm, I'm putting so much good out there. I'm doing such a contribution that that ratio is lots and lots of people uh, loving me and a few people hating me because some people are going to hate you just for existing and just for being successful. Even if you're a wonderful person, they'll find it because that's where they live because your success is threatening their reality of everything has to be hard and everything has to be a struggle. Gotcha. So it's just what's going to happen that 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 is and that's that's one of those that's one of those things that you know i i want to put on a positive show which is why it's called positive talk radio mm -hmm. and and so i think everybody should come together and sing kumbaya and love each other and all that kind of stuff and there are there are people in our world that regardless of what you say they're going to say oh that's a bunch of fucking bullshit and i hate yep. you absolutely and, you, and you're right so many people are letting that minority keep them keep them from growing in their business, in their money, in their relationships, because they don't want those the vocal minority to say anything about them. But they're going to anyway. But they're going to anyway. But again, your brain is doing whatever it can to avoid the possibility of emotional distress, primarily guilt, shame, and heartbreak. That's just brilliant. That's it. That's it. I'm going to have to hire your ass is what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> Because you are very, you are very talented, Therese. And uh, I, I, and I want to thank you for being here. Can I, will you come back and so that we can do a, um, a radio show on KKNW and then we might be able to take some calls? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, can you do this with somebody on, on like on the, on the phone kind of thing? I, I've done it through text. <laughs> <laughs> now that's amazing. Cause, cause, but text has its own energy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like I'm getting the energy of the text. I'm getting the energy of the person where they are as they're doing the text. So I don't care where you are. I'm just reading the energy of who you're being. Now, when you, when you are doing this work and you're coughing and stuff, is that because the energy is just, um, growing around you or it's going it, up or is it, it going down it's really it's, weird. it's when there's these big shifts in energy i yawn and i cough and i don't know why that's just the way my body reacts and everyone's body reacts differently to energetic shifts and the most common thing i see is yawning or people feeling like energy in their body that feels released like they feel lighter all of a sudden those are the two most common things i see but i've seen burping i've seen people get hot or cold i've seen little muscle twitches like it's it's a, it's the gamut it's the full gamut of whatever happens happens i was i was doing a workshop one time and this one guy 
went to the bathroom every 20 minutes because that's how he processed it. He had to go pee. <laughs> so. Oh, either that or he had a prostate problem. One of the two. I didn't actually ask, but uh, like when I, when I looked, it was always after a big clearing, he'd, he'd run. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so, that is so funny. I want to thank you for being here. It's been, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to, and I'm going to set myself aside for a moment. I'd like you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. It's, it's all about emotion. And most of the time you're trying to avoid bad emotion. But when you embrace good emotions, you get better and better results. And your body is addicted to your current emotional state. So if you get out of frustration, get out of fear, get out of anger, and get into happiness, your body will become addicted to that. And it'll cause more happiness to show up. My body's addicted to laughter. So I find a way to laugh every single day, whether I want to or not, because the addiction's there. So imagine if you got yourself addicted to laughter or joy or or love or gratitude, what kind of life you'd be creating. That is, that is amazing. And by the way, um, these, these shows, I'm addicted to them because they make me feel so good. Yeah. Exactly. And don't call me a liar about that, but nope, hey, nope, that came up true. <laughs> so. It's, it's, but it's so true. When I have the opportunity to talk to someone like you, who can make a genuine difference in people's lives? And I'm providing that gateway because there's somebody out there. Well, you know this. There's somebody out there that is going to need this information and they're going to tune into this and you're going to be there and then they're going to contact you. And they're going to say, I don't know why I was just listening to this podcast and I just found it and here it is. And that's, that's how it works a lot of the time. Yeah, you know all this. This is cool. Yeah. It 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 is really. Sometimes I have to tell you the story of of uh, how the, the universe has made it so that I can do this. Oh, I would love to hear that. Um, well, just real quickly, I was driving. I did the radio show in two thousand three. I failed, but I loved doing the work. And I just really loved it. And but I had to go get a like a real digit job. As it turns out, the uh, one of the gals that I worked with who was a, a psychic medium on, on the show had a partner who worked for King County Metro as a supervisor um, in the bus depot. And, and so she called me and I got a job with King County Metro for, for 12 years driving a bus and, uh, and made pretty good money and righted my financial ship and everything was all better now. And then uh, three years ago now, I was uh, 63, and I said I said to the universe, because I often talk to the universe, I talk to my guides and say, I really would like to do the podcast and radio show full-time, please. Hmm. Be careful what you wish for, yeah. because, because <laughs> um, my son and I were driving around, and we went, and I said, there's a 55-plus community over here. Let's go here. I want to see something. And so we came here. I ended up buying a, a uh, mobile home where I live, now I paid, was able to pay cash for it. And so it reduced my uh, financial burden significantly. So I didn't need to make any money to do this. Oh. Um, and I could do it, you know, and just have fun with it. And then I was, um, I was moving in here and I was carrying a lamp in and I have stairs in the front here. Mm -hmm. I, I tripped on the stairs and the lamp was in my arm, and for some reason, it made it go kind of kitty wampus, and I, I ripped 
my entire um, rotator cuff on my right side and had to have surgery on that. (laughs) And so I had the surgery and a month later, month and a half later, I was um, sitting here in my uh, house with my son's new eight week old uh, Labrador retriever. And I was started to walk and the dog got caught up with my feet. I fell and tore the uh, tricep muscle in my left arm. And so I, and it was so bad that I couldn't get up. So I I had to call the emergency folks and they came and got me and, and took me and I had to have surgery on that. But the outcome of all that was I couldn't work anymore. And of course, because I, I, I had disability at work and yeah. stuff, so I was financially going to be okay and financially fine uh, until I turned, you know, 65, which I just did now. Mm-hmm. And so I could do this full time, which is exactly what I wanted, but they made sure that I couldn't do the other things or anything else but this. Yeah. Sometimes they ha- they got to do that to make sure you stay on task. <laughs> and, and so this is this is my task, and I'm working to do it better and better all the time. And what why having guests like you is really important to the show and for the health of it. And I thank you. Thank you for having me on. And just just for future reference, if you decide you want something again, when you don't hesitate and go into it full on, the bad stuff doesn't have to happen before you actually do it. <laughs> Well, see, they knew that because I, I have two uh, sons that uh, both are not necessarily financially independent, mm-hmm. and so I needed to make a certain amount of money for them uh, mm-hmm. so that they could borrow money from me all the time. Okay. And so <laughs> I was uh, resistant yeah. to, to retiring and doing it. For, so they said, okay, well, this is what you want, and uh, so we're going to make it happen for you, and they did I'm I'm glad it happened. Maybe not quite in the way it happened, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> I am too. I'm I'm all well now, and I've and all that since. It, well, I'm although I hurt a lot and I can't work, but I'm I'm okay. So you know, <laughs> so everything everything worked out just fine for me. So uh, and but I be, so I believe in what you are saying wholeheartedly and the, how you work with people to help them change and shift their mentality and what's going on with them so that they can do whatever it is that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that you're able to tell when somebody's telling the truth or not. Um, but you didn't call me a liar when I was telling that story. So I, it must be true. <laughs> the story is true. I, I'm pretty sure the story is true. <laughs> so. Yes. But, but how the, how the story came about and why it came about. Oh no, no. I, and I, I totally get how, how it came about and why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's little nuances in there. This is why I brought up, you know, you can have it without having the injuries. Uh, so uh, that that other than that, yeah, everything was was bang on. I want to thank you, sir, for being here. And uh, and again, how do they get a hold of you if they want to, to talk to you? ShirazShifts.com. It's been a pleasure having you. I, I'll send you a link so that we can rebook you on KKNW. Will you come back? I've had a great time. I had a great time too. Let's do it again. Okay. That would be, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Wait right there and I'll be right back. Thank you. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them 
and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.